0: Heavenly Father, and see him, him in all of His glory, and uh, we're going to fall on our faces, and we're going to worship Him, and we we say how God, we say how great Thou art. We sing it now, but we'll see it then. Uh, we don't fully understand the greatness and the glory of God. And in fact, we 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 understand the minutest, smallest. Amount of God's glory, God told Abraham, or God told Moses that no man can see His glory and live, uh, and He showed him His goodness. But He had to see; He could only look at the hinder part of Him. I can't wait to get till we get to see Him. Amen. And uh, what a blessing that's going to be! What a blessing that's going to be! We're going to turn to Ephesians chapter five, Contin- continue <laughs> continuing on with the morning's message. Uh, I don't know about you, but. As uh, I'm thankful that God woke me up one day, uh, I, I, I'm thankful God saved me. My goodness, I, I praise the Lord for my salvation. But when I got myself into a spiritual slumber or a rut or you know whatever you want to call it, uh, I'm glad God woke me up and uh, it, it stirred me up and and got me going again. Uh, that there are more than you know that He doesn't just say, "Well, He missed his chance." You know, that God gives us second chances. And that's really what Ephesians 5, uh, 14 is, is, is talking to those children of God uh, who are saved, uh, but uh, who have fallen fallen into a slumber. And uh, we're, we're moving on from uh, that verse to the following verses, but they are all connected, so we can't just ignore it. Uh, there again in verse 14, it says, Wherefore he saith, uh, awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Uh, again, I'm thankful that, that God woke me up. I'm thankful uh, that, I, that, that God didn't just wake me up, but once I saw where I was at, I got up, and I followed him. And uh, it's one thing to, to be aware of your surroundings. It's it's one thing to be aware of the trouble that you've gotten yourself into. It's a whole other thing to get out of it. And while we don't get out of it on our own will or out of our own uh, power, uh, it's done through the through the grace of God. Uh, but uh, uh, but sometimes God just has to shake us up a little bit. And uh, I can remember I can take you to the very spot where God did that for me um, in my house in Palermo. It's not my house anymore, and they might get upset at us if I took you to the, took you to the spot. But I can show you the spot in the carpet as long as they haven't changed it uh, where I lay it on my face and and, and God. God got a hold of me, um, and I'm I'm glad for the, for the goodness of grace of God. We need it because uh, it's easy to fall into those those times. Uh, it doesn't matter how long you've been saved. Uh, if you're if you're not if you're not discipled as a young child of God, you can fall into that right away and 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 live a life uh, in a Christian stupor. And, and if you're saved and on your way to heaven, uh, but and you know it. But there's just no you lose that zeal. And man, that's 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 on the the, the the that's the fault of the disciples of God, the church of God, because we're told to to, to to preach the word, to make disciples, and then to disciple them, to teach them, and so God help us to do that. It's also on on the people. Sometimes that they've got to, You've got to be faithful, uh, but then other times people are in church for a long period of time. And they grow for for a period for a while. They're they're serving for a while, and something happens, and they they get comfortable, and they fall into that stupor. And and I'll, I'll just be honest: in our country, uh, it is easy for us to fall into a stupor because we've got everything we need, right? We're we're not struggling for for the next meal. We're not we're not looking for uh, you know. We've got roofs over our heads and clothes on our back and. That there is a large portion of this world that they're, they're they're praying for their daily bread. When they say daily bread, they're really praying for the food because they don't have, they don't know where the next meal is going to come from. We've got that, so we we don't cry out to God for things until we really think we need something. And I just I, I praise God for 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 what He's done for us, but I, I pray that He keeps us out of that that spiritual stupor. Now, once we're out of it, we we, we talked this morning uh, about the the. I gotta go back and look at my notes. The call to consciousness, where he says, "Awake!" Uh, the the call to come forth. It's not enough just to, to wake up and be aware of your surroundings, but uh, the, the the he said, "Arise, get up uh, from among the dead." The, there were those Christians who who appeared to be dead. And there's there is very little difference between somebody who's sleeping soundly. I say little difference. There's a big difference. And we'll talk. We'll mention that. Uh, but there's there's not much difference between somebody who's sleeping soundly or in a coma and somebody who's alive. They're dead to the world. They don't know what's going on. They're uncaring about the things of this world. Uh, they're they're kind of lost in their own dreamland. Now. Those that are dead in sin are dead to the world. They don't, they don't care what's going on. They're blind to their sin. They're blind to the, the struggles and the things going on around them. And, and they're blind to the truth. Uh, so there's, there's, there's a, there are some similarities. Thankfully, those that are asleep have a pulse. And they're breathing. Amen? If, if you're saved, you have a pulse. Uh, the, the blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed you from all sin. Uh, uh, and, and you're breathing. The Holy Spirit dwells within you. Uh, there, is, there is life there. No matter how sedentary we might be, uh, but but once we awake from that sleep, once we once we uh, are, are are arising out of that, the Bible says Christ shall give thee light. What a what a beautiful uh, covenant uh, a f- covenant to clarify is, is what I put. Uh, it's God give us the light of instruction. Uh, he he tells us how we're supposed to live and what we're supposed to do. He gives us light to rejoice. He gives us uh, light to enlighten. Light to, that we're to 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 to, to share the, that light with the light of Jesus Christ with 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 others. Uh, that the light of Christ shines in us. That being said, we're to do a few things because if we don't do something, you know what happens to me when I when I wake up in the morning? If I don't get out of bed. This has happened to me. I I have tried praying in bed. I will not. Uh, I I will I will I will not say that that's a really good plan, because you know what happens to me when I try to pray in bed or I try to. What's that? That's exactly it. I fall right back asleep. If, if, if we arise, if we awake, if we arise, if God gives us light, but if that's all we do, we just kind of lumber back down into bed. In fact, if I sit down on the couch and don't get up and start moving around and get the blood flowing, guess what I'll do? I'll fall asleep. So we need to be very careful. Notice here in verse 15, it says, 14 and 15, it says, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee life. See then. So this, this, those words tie this, tie this together. It says, See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools. See, the dead man and the, and the, the sleeping man has a problem. He can't see. His eyes are closed to the truth of this world. His his eyes are closed to the truth of the word. His eyes are just closed. The only thing he's seeing is what he's dreaming up in his own mind. And while that might be pleasant, or for some kids that might be scary, uh, it, it's it's all made up in his own mind. So what does this word? Uh, so what does this mean? Uh, the, the, the word to uh, to walk uh, circumspectly. It's a uh, I, it's a careful cadence. It's a it's a it's a careful walk. The word "circumspectly" is the Greek word "aknabos," exactly, accurately, diligently, perfectly. The idea of the idea of "circum," uh, meaning around, and "spec," uh, what you see. You're looking at everything all around you. See, the problem with that sleeping man is he doesn't see the danger around him. He doesn't see the the, the the issues around him, even if he's sleepwalking. We talked about that this morning. There are people that sleepwalk. Has anybody ever seen? I don't. I, I was trying to remember what the name, which cartoon it was. I, there's a cartoon i believe it's one of the bugs bunny cartoons but there's a character and i've seen it in several of them where he's he's sleepwalking or maybe it was a uh, woody woodpecker uh sleepwalking uh, but going through uh the and, like getting into the construction zone and up onto the high rise and the, he's like getting ready to step off and the beam comes over and he doesn't know the danger he's in he's sleepwalking he he doesn't know what's going on around him he doesn't know the trouble the dangers or or any of those things But but Paul is saying here is that, listen, see then that now that you're awake, now that you have arisen from the dead, now that God has given you light, it's time for you to walk circumspectly, circumspectly. there we go, carefully, diligently, accurately, perfectly. Well, how do we do that? How do we know what the spiritual dangers are all around us? Listen, if a car's coming, I know that's dangerous. I know not to walk out into the road. A wise man once told me not to cross roads road without looking both ways. You ever seen a child trying to get someplace? My daughter Hannah about got run over by a car uh, at Walmart the other day. Why? Because she was racing to the car because she was going to beat her brothers to the seat that she wanted. And, And she heard, Hannah Grace Richards, and she stopped like this. And the car went, whoom! Scared me to death. Thankfully, she stopped, when she heard my voice. But guess what? You know why she didn't see that car? She was running like a fool. Kids do that. The Bible says foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. I don't blame her for... Being a child, that's what she is, but we're to teach them to, to, to mature, to do something different. Listen to what God is telling us to do. See that you walk circumspectly. Keep your head on a swivel. Look for the dangers. Look for the direction that you're supposed to be living and walking in your life. It's not just talking about how you walk down the street and watch it for traffic. It's talking about how we live or how we deport our lives. Psalms 119, 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God's word is given to us so that we know where to step. So how how do we know the word of God? Because God, Christ gives us light. We don't understand the word of God without the Holy Spirit. We We need the spirit of God and the word of God to give us direction for our life. So, so if we're going to do that, we're going to we're going to read the manual. We're going to read the map. We're going to figure out what's uh, what's 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 dangerous and what's not dangerous. And it's the Word of God that tells us that, uh, not 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 common sense because common sense isn't common sense. But so we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll just know. Yeah, good luck with that. My my daughter just knew too. We're all kids once. we all made mistakes like that, and I'm, I'm not beating up with my little girl. All my kids have done that. I've done that when I was a kid. So have you. But in our Christian life, we're told not to do that. Uh, we're to, we're, remember that this word means, means a couple different things. It means uh, accurately, exactly. How do we know where to step exactly? How do we know that that's not a temptation? Because remember, we have an enemy who's out to get us. And the sleeping man doesn't know that the enemy's inside the house. How do we know? The Word of God tells us. It says this is a sin. The Word of God sets boundaries for us uh, that we're not to cross. And some of us are, are like Woody the Woodpecker. Again, I'm pretty sure that's, that's who it was. Sleepwalking. I was right. It is Willie the Woodpecker. And, and he goes a step off like that, and the word of God says, danger, danger, danger. And I, I did that once in the dark. I told the story. I fell off of, a, a, a I say, a pile of, there's a stack of hay. And, but when I say stack, it was like the third story of, in a barn. It was the very top, and I took a step, and there was nothing there to step onto. By the grace of God, I'm standing here today because there was one stack, one, not stack, one bale of hay that the back of my head hit, flipped me around, so I laid it just square across my shoulders. Knocked the wind right out of me, but it was the best way I could have landed. Didn't break anything, didn't get knocked unconscious. The guy looking over at me is like, ah, he goes, don't tell me you're going to cry. And me being the tough 15, 14 year old is like, no, where are my glasses? Hate that kid. <laughs> I don't hate him anymore, but I didn't like him back then. Because it was his fault. Because you know what? He's the one that told me to, to take that step. And he knew very well there was nothing there. Because he was standing on the one bale of hay. He stepped down onto the one bale of hay, and I was stepping down to the next one where there wasn't one. He knew it was his barn. Man, I really don't like that kid. <laughs> I'm trying to forgive. I'm just kidding. It's a long time ago, and we were kids, and kids do foolish things. But notice what he says here in this verse. Verse 15, see that you walk circumspectly, not as fools. See, it's foolish to not look. It's foolish to not heed the warnings. It's. F- as I thought about this, why would God put this? He tells us to walk circumspectly, not as fools. But is wise. You know, there, there are fools that have their head on a swivel too. But their eyes aren't on the danger. They're looking to what kind of trouble they can get themselves into. What opportunity is there for me to get? To, what, what is there for me to do? And they're, they're just they're looking for the wrong things. That's why the word of God should be, needs to be our lamp, needs to be our light. Because it, it does give us the path. It goes on to say in verse, uh, earlier on in the chapter, Psalms 119, uh, I think it's verse 9. It says, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? We, we want to figure out how to get ourselves or rise up out of the dead and how we're to live our life? Take heed. Obey the word of God. Psalms one uh, is, uh, talks about the uh, blessed is the man that walketh not in the in the, in, 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 in the si- si- see the council stand there. I'm going to quote misquote it and I don't want to. Psalms, Psalms chapter one, verse one. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the, in the liberty. I've lost the verse or the, the word right there. In the, and I know it's the council, but it's, it's something of the council. And I don't want to misquote it, so. And my Bible's taking forever to get to Psalms 1. There we are. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the council. Oh, you were right, brother, thank you. In the council of the ungodly. Nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Notice, he's he's not listening to the counsel of the ungodly. See, if I had listened to the counsel, if I had not listened to the counsel of the ungodly, I never would have taken that step off of a, a, in the dark where I couldn't see. I, I would have thought that's foolish. I can't see what's over there. Uh, I might slip and fall. But I was a fool. I did not walk circumspectly. I did not look, I did not try to find a flat, I, I just did what he said. Those who are seeking after and love the word of God, those that are walking circumspectly will follow the word of God and not the foolish counsel of this world. Yeah. And can I tell you, the, the world is full of foolish counsel. Young people, all you young, all you young people, I am so thankful that you're here. Don't follow the foolish counsel of this world. Be careful of your friends. Be careful of even your friends here. And I say that with love for every single one of you. But foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. And even good kids make mistakes. And if it's something that you you know your parents or you know the word of God is against, then you don't do it and you walk away from it and you get as far away from it as possible do you know why to be safe to walk circumspectly to be so you don't fall off a pile of hay and hurt yourself or more importantly so you don't do something that you can't take back because when we make mistakes there's no taking those things back we can get forgiveness And I praise God, and I thank God for forgiveness. We were given instructions so that we don't have to seek forgiveness. There's a a saying, it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. I think it's better to read the Word of God and find out what it should and shouldn't do and follow what it says. It saves a whole lot of asking for forgiveness. A careful cadence. We need to be very careful about how we walk and where we walk. Be diligent. That word diligent means, diligent means that, we're, that uh, not only are we careful, but we, that we work hard at walking in that way. That means you got to study the book. It means you got to pay attention in your Sunday school classes. It means you got to come to church and read your Bible. Now, you, Listen, I'm not the only one that's going to tell you the truth. And your Sunday schools aren't the only ones that are going to tell you the truth. So it's good to listen to the truth from them and from, from me but check it with, by reading it yourself and talk it to your parents and read it yourself. If you're saved, the Bible says that you have the Holy Spirit too and he can help you to know what to do. You need to have that careful cadence. Something else I, I noticed about the dead man, not only does he not see very well and, and, and we're told to walk circumspectly, meaning look around. Verse 16 says this, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Now when you are sleeping, how much are you getting done? Nothing. If you sleep for 12 hours, guess how much time has gone? Now physical sleep, we need physical sleep, and I mentioned that this morning. Uh, Sleep is not necessarily a bad thing when we're talking about physical sleep. Those that are tired mothers are like, yes, we need physical sleep six uh, between, about eight to ten hours for you young people actually ten hours maybe even more is is required it, it drives me crazy that I, I keep hearing these teenagers that are going on three and four hours sleep because they're spending all all night up on their on their their, their screens uh, uh, I actually saw a, a it was a doctor uh, having a discussion and with a teenager because uh, they were having trouble with insomnia and not able to sleep and they had re because of being up late and on their screen all the time, they had messed up their their cycle, their sleep cycle. God has created us that we, our bodies, need sleep. And he called her a screenager um, because she comes from that generation that they, they 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 think they're going to miss out on something, and and so they're always on it, always checking their messages, always checking social media, and, and, and it, it that's the world, honestly, that's the world's thought process. But we we. We Christians, teenagers and adults included, can fall into that. We need sleep. But all that time, spiritually asleep, was wasted. Now, the good things happen in physical sleep. In physical sleep, we get rest. Our bodies heal. Uh, our brains are, are rejuvenated. Uh, our, our body kind of, uh, those things are good for physical sleep. But when we're talking about spiritual slumber, we're not talking about something that we need. It's something that we fall into. It's a, it's, a, it's a rut. So that time that we were in that is wasted. It's time that we not only could have been, but should have been serving the Lord. I look back at my life, at those years I talked about. I got saved at 15. I, I served the Lord growing up in church, and I praised the Lord for the church I was in. Uh, but there came a point in time as a, in my late, probably 19, 20, through my, well, not even 20s, uh, probably mid, to, like the 22 to 24, um, I spent those years um, drifting away from the Lord. Uh, those the years I was in EMS and re- uh, started. Uh, I was studying, I was going to school. I was burning candles at both ends, just put it that way. I was, I was going to school um, full-time. I was having to do clinicals, uh, which were hundreds and hundreds of hours on top of the school time. And I was still going to church and serving in the church and doing all the things I did before. I can remember days I'd come home at at uh, six in the morning and fall asleep in the car in the it, it parked in front of the house and my mom and dad would have to come wake me up so I could go to bed. Uh, I just it, that that's how how worn out I got. And when I got that worn out, I got away from the Lord. And I look back at those years where uh, yes, I wasn't serving in the church for a few years, and then suddenly I didn't see a reason why to serve in the church anymore. And suddenly I wasn't serving church at all. In fact, I wasn't even going to church anymore. You know why? Because well, I was slumbering. I was, I was involved in the things of the world and, and getting pulled away from God. And, and I spent a few years wandering away from the Lord and running from God. And I look back at those years, a period of, of, of years that, man, God could have used me. I, I could have studied. I could have learned. I could have witnessed. I could have done so much. And do you know what I did? I wasted it. Because you can't turn the clock back. You can't go back and, and, and make, uh, remake those decisions and change the past. The past is the past. It is what it is. And again, praise God for His forgiveness and praise God for His grace. That's why I'm here today. But I cannot go back and change that period of time in my life. And the people that I should have witnessed to and I didn't witness to didn't hear it from me. And the, the people that I should have served, the people that I should have loved, the things that I should have done, None of those things were done by me. And the the glory that I should have given, the praise that I should, none of it was given. Why? Because I wasted that time. The uh, The next verse says, Redeeming the time. You know what the word redeem means? To buy back, to make profit out of loss. See, if we're slumbering spiritually, we're losing out on all that we could be doing for the Lord. Whatever, whatever treasures we can lay up in heaven, whatever glory we can bring God, whatever souls could be saved through our service, we're losing out because we're spiritually asleep. It's a calculated change. He says, you're awake now. Arise. Make use of your time. Don't waste it. Redeeming is the word exagerozo. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. It means to rescue from loss, to buy up, to make, to make wise and sacred use of every opportunity for serving God. We are told to redeem the time. You know, there are 24 hours in a day, and that doesn't change. There, there are 60 minutes to every hour and 60 seconds to every minute. And amazingly, it all works out to exactly the same every single day. So whether it's one extra day every four years, and they're able to map it on a clock, they know exactly. Why, well, because God is a God of order. But you know what you can't do? There's no time machine for you to jump back in and go back and do something else. You can't wish hard enough. You can't pray hard enough. You can't go back and get back the time that you've lost. It's gone. So you know what you have? You have right now. You don't even have tomorrow. So this is a problem for most of us. We'll make plans for tomorrow. Well, I'm going to do this, or this is my plan for this, and and I'll uh, we're, we're, we we can make some big plans about what we'd like to do someday for the Lord. But if we never do anything today, I can guarantee you we're not going to do anything tomorrow either. We can make big plans, but they'll they'll all fall short. And the truth is, none of us know what's going to happen tomorrow. The Bible the Bible tells us that that it's, it, it's a fool's errand to 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 make a plan for tomorrow. It's, it, there's nothing that we can do. We're not guaranteed. With what we have right now. So redeem the time. Redeem the time. Make, make use of the time. God has given you 24 hours today. What are you doing with those hours today? Are you spiritually in slumber? Are you serving the Lord? Are you spending those the time talking to people, talking about the weather, or school, or homeschooling, or, or the Red Sox, or the Yankees, whoever you watch. Uh, uh, are you talking about those things? Or are you talking about things of the Lord? Now, I know that not every word out of our mouth can be about biblical things. Um, uh, that there is life that we have to deal with. I understand that. But we're to redeem the time. We're to make use of every opportunity that we have. Every moment that God gives us. Now, to do what? To serve the Lord. But how? Colossians 4 5 says that we're, well, turn over there. We're close to it. Colossians chapter 4, verse 5 says, Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. What's that mean? Wisdom is the correct use of knowledge. So we're to walk in wisdom, the correct use of knowledge, toward those that are without that knowledge, without that wisdom. And in doing that, we redeem the time. What knowledge do we we have that the world does not have? The gospel of Jesus Christ. What better use of our time than to tell the lost about Jesus? I'll be honest, I don't think there is a better use of our time. It was it was his last command to us before he ascended up into heaven. Uh, it, it's, it's the, it's the, it, it should be the purpose of the church uh, that, God has, that God has given to us to go out and to make disciples, to baptize, to teach those disciples, to make more disciples. And that's the purpose of the church. Now, in that, we're to love one another and serve one another and and bless one another, we're to praise God and serve God, and there's many different ways that we can do that, many different ministries that we can do that, but, but ultimately the core function of the church is to spread the gospel. Say, well, the gospel's been spread all over the U.S. There's a whole lot of people that may have heard it once, but they don't know it now. Our country has become a mission field for other countries. In fact, we're still a mission field for some of us. We support the potters. They Bernie, the the, the missionaries to Bernie's hometown, Bernie Sanders' hometown. We we support uh, uh, we support the friends. What they do, they minister to churches across. I say, well, that's not missions work. It is because guess what? They're going around preaching the gospel. I have a vision. I shared this with Brother Mark. I have a a vision for an evangelistic meeting. Capitol Park. That place could fit thousands of people. I don't know that we'd get thousands. But that's, that's the whole purpose of the church. So we can make our plans, but if they never get accomplished, guess what? We wasted that time. We can we can we can do all the things we've got to do, and listen, we can have lists and lists of things to do. And you can accomplish all those things. But if you did not do anything for the Lord, guess what? There's was wasted time. Why? Because Paul says the redeeming of the time is taking the wisdom to those that are without. To serve God. Notice here it says in Ephesians, why we do it is because these days are evil. And guess what? They're not getting any better. Paul wrote it back. Now, America is not not Rome. And when I say that, nobody's getting their heads cut off because they're preaching the gospel. Here. (laughs) It's happening in other places. But think about this. When it is, when we do face persecution, because we will, whether it's in our lifetime or our kids' lifetime, persecution is coming. The Bible tells us it's so. I'm not looking into some, some, I'm not trying to tell you that God, Jesus is going to come on a certain day or anything. You know, the Bible tells us there are some things that are going to take place. When that happens, are we going to redeem the time? Because Paul, at the time when they were, when they were, when they were being persecuted, told them they need to redeem the time. Why, why is it so important to do it when the days are evil? Because they're limited. Now we don't know when Jesus is going to come back. Paul didn't. Neither did John. But you know what John said? In these last days, John thought that those last those days were the last days, and. We believe they're the last days. Now, I don't know. Uh, we're, I know we're close to John was, And I, be, I honestly believe Christ will come back in our lifetime. But we're told to believe that. Christ himself tells us to be prepared for his coming. He told the disciples that. So how much more prepared should we be? So, yes, awake, uh, uh, walk circumspectly, uh, redeem the time, serve God, make use of it. Don't fall back asleep, because it's easy to do that. See, then he walks circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil, that's a calculated change. We we see the time and we change our actions. Verse 17. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, we need to have a correct comprehension. A correct comprehension. What do we mean? We're not to be unwise. The word with the the word Wisdom is, again, the correct use of knowledge. If we're going to, to, we have a choice. The word unwise coincides with the word fool or being foolish. We're not to act foolishly. We're not to live foolishly. We're not to be foolish. God has given us his word, and his, his word does something for us. It instructs us. It gives us knowledge. And then we take that knowledge and we apply it to our life. And hey, 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 if you would, go back to, I believe it's the book of Romans, chapter 12. Look at verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God in the renewing of our mind and the transforming of ourselves as the Spirit of God works in us. This this work of salvation and sanctification that's maturing uh, as a child of God that we've been talking about, uh, here we see, if you go back up to... The verse 9 of, of the same chapter, For the fruit of the Spirit is all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is, accept, what is acceptable to the Lord. Uh, we are to prove the will of God. God's will is, and God is pleased as he changes us and makes us more and more like him. God has a will, an inclination, a desire that he would have in our lives. We are are not to to live as fools. We are to, to, to live, walk circumspectly. We are to redeem the time. We are to understand what the will of the Lord is for us. God's will for his children is not to be like the world. God's will for his children is to be his children. We're to, we, we are to, to follow him, we're to imitate him, we're to, be, uh, we're to be like Jesus Christ, we're to allow the word of God to, to, to transform us, we're to be uh, not conformed, but transformed, we're to be, we're to be renewed, we're to be, we're to be saturated with the word of God, we're to, we're to be sanctified and cleansed in the washing of the water by the word, we're to, we're to mature as children of God, we're to grow in the word of God through the spirit of God. Listen, that is the will of God for his children. not to be slumbering, as if we were dead. See, God God says, wake up, arise from the dead, because you resemble the dead. Remember that lady I was talking about this morning? I walked in that room and I thought she was dead. And I checked for her pulse, and she she said, she said, it's about time you got here. (laughs) She was sleeping. She looked like death. She wasn't talking. She was pale, blue, pale, bluish color. She had no signs, visible signs of life until I woke her up. There are many Christians, and, uh, and we can all at some point fall into this, have little visible sign of life. And God says, it's time to wake up. It's time to, 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 to arise from that, arise from the sin that you're, that you're in because you're asleep and not aware of your state, aware of your surroundings, aware of the danger. Arise up out of that and, and, and walk in the will of God for your life. And it's laid out for you in the word of God. We're to have a correct comprehension and understanding what God's will is for us. Not only are we to have that correct comprehension, but we're to be filled with the Spirit. See, it's not enough just to know what we're supposed to do. Like, I should have known to put my phone on silence. It's not enough just to know what we're supposed to do. Wisdom is the doing of it. But we all know how difficult it is to do things on our own, at least according to the word of God. So what do we need? The spirit of God. It says, and be not drunk with wine. Now the, the Bible has much to say about uh, the foolishness of, of 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 alcohol and the, the dangers and the snares of alcohol. Uh, that's not what this message is. it's uh, not what this verse is even about. Uh, this verse is taking the the truth of what alcohol uh, and, and uh, fermented wine can do uh, to a person. As somebody who has partaken of that and not proud of that, uh, I know firsthand how it feels. As having been a paramedic and dealt with people that were full of it, I know how it really looks and how it really is. See, when you're full of wine, you feel strengthened and you feel encouraged to do things you wouldn't normally do. You're, 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 you're more likely to act in ways that you wouldn't normally act. You think it gives you Bravado, and you think it gives you talent, and whereas what everybody else sees is a drunken fool stumbling all over themselves. But what does it? What do they do? the The, the feeling of the wine affects your brain, which yes makes you feel differently, but it slows down things. It affects the way you walk. It affects the way you talk. Uh, you, you think you're speaking eloquently, where what everybody else hears is... <laughs> you think you're walking circumspectly as you, as you try to navigate those steps, but what you're really doing is... It affects the way you walk to talk. It affects the decisions you make. It affects everything. Paul says, be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And Then it stops right there. It doesn't say anything more. But the truth is that we understand how wine affects us. The Spirit of God affects us, too. But in a much better way. Because the Spirit of God filling us does give us boldness, but for the right things. does give us strength to to, to serve. It does give us power that we don't have. Listen, it enables us to to, to serve and to work and, and, and for God to use us in ways that we couldn't do it ourselves. When we're talking about being filled with the Spirit, what we're talking about is being submitted to and allowing the Holy Spirit control of our life. It's not like God is up there trying to stuff us full of the Holy Spirit. I'll get some more Holy Spirit in him. You have the Holy Spirit in you already. You have to allow him to control you through the word of God. And in doing that, guess what? God changes us. God uses us. Sometimes God convicts us and he opens up our eyes with the light of the Word and the light of the Holy Spirit, and we see what we thought was okay is no is not okay. And then when we're submitted to the Spirit, we say, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me. And we repent of that, and we walk away. When we try to do it on our own, we say, I think that's an offense to God. I quit. Pretty good. The Spirit has me over there, but you know, would have me over there if I was listening to Him, but I allow myself to be tempted and I fall into it again. Why didn't I? I, 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 I wanted, why? Because if I had listened to the Spirit, I wouldn't be anywhere near that temptation. I would have been in the Word. The Word of God would have given me what I needed to avoid the temptation. In fact, the Bible says there is no temptation to take you that it isn't common to man. And that God will always give us a way of escape. So if we fall in sin, it's because we weren't looking for the escape that God has already laid out for you. Meaning we weren't following the Spirit because I can guarantee you the Spirit will lead you to that. We were following the flesh. Galatians says if you walk in the Spirit, if you live in the spirit, walk in the spirit. If goes on to say later, if you walk in the spirit, you'll not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. We make this into something more spooky and more more uh, I don't know magical than it is. It's just yielding to the word of God and to the spirit of God. But God has called us not just to a correct comprehension of his word. I didn't get I, I didn't write down. Uh, special letters for for this one, but he calls us to be full of the Spirit. We're going to stop there. Oh no, we won't. I'll, I'll make this quick. We'll probably come. We'll come back and cover it. It's something that that my, that, uh, my mom said that, that that makes me want to not stop. Next two verses. Let's read them really quick. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord giving thanks always for all things to God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 3.16 and the following verses and Ephesians 5.18 and and these following verses are almost a direct um, copying of one another except for, and here in Ephesians it says, Be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. In Colossians 3 it says, Be not drunk with, or sorry, it says, Let uh, the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Then it goes on to say the same thing, we're to be thankful, we're to, we're to, we're, we're to uh, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, uh, we're to give thanks. It's, it's, there's a correlation here between the Spirit of God and the Word of God that, that we can't miss. Uh, but the reason I bring that up is just speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. How do we, how do we keep our minds full and, 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 and yield ourselves to the Spirit of God? We fill ourselves with the things of God. Are we live in a world that will fill us with everything else? Satan is more than happy to to, 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 to give you other things to think about. Can I encourage you? To speak to yourself with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And in Colossians it talks about sharing those things and teaching one another. My mom was able to share with her sister uh, a verse that, that God blessed her with. A few weeks ago, I, the Lord touched a, touched me with a verse, and I, I shared it with a couple people, and somebody came back, uh, one of them wrote back uh, wrote back and said, that's exactly what I need to hear this morning. The reason sometimes uh, that we're not getting what we hear is because we're not sharing what we're supposed to. Because God might reveal something to me that he wants me to share to you. That's, that's how it's supposed to be. Instead, We talk about the weather. We talk about everything else. Listen, maybe we spend more time in the Word of God and maybe we spend more time discussing the Word of God with one another. I had, lunch with, I had lunch with George before I got baptized. What a blessing it was to sit down and just talk about Jesus and the goodness of Jesus. It, it, it's a blessing to be able to fellowship around and be united in the Spirit of God. We don't need all the filling of the world. We got more to be concerned with. That doesn't mean you can't talk about the weather. It doesn't mean those things are, are bad. But they're just fillers. The weather's going to change tomorrow. Yes, supposed to give you something new to talk about. <laughs> or maybe we talk about what we read. How God blessed. a testimony. We, we, not to say that I, I, I don't appreciate the t- take, have, having a testimony time. But those testimonies shouldn't be a surprise to everybody else. We should be sharing those things. I, I, heard, in, I heard in Sunday school Rich talking about uh, uh, give, giving a testimony, which I had already heard 10 I mean, minutes previous, where he told me, as a God, praise the Lord. But that's how we as Christians are supposed to be. As we allow the Holy Spirit to fill us as he works in us, we'll fill ourselves with the word of God psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, and listen, singing is important. My wife hates singing. She hates music, but I tell you, music will touch your heart and your life. I know, I know her. I know her reasoning, and it's it's personal. It's not a. It's not that she thinks singing or music is wrong. But God made it for us. Fulfill the Spirit will fill us also with the things of the Lord we'll be praising the Lord and we'll be giving thanks to the Lord verse 20 giving thanks always And God help us to stay awake to not fall to not not fall back asleep but to walk circumspectly redeeming the time Filled with the spirit go ahead and pray. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you, God, for all you've done for us. And and Lord, I, I pray and I ask that you would work in each one of our hearts, Lord, and in our lives. Uh, Lord, you know uh, our needs. You know our struggles, Father. Uh, you know the victories that we have and the battles that are going on. Uh, Lord, you know you, you know all of those things. Lord, there's nothing outside of your knowledge. And, and even that just uh, amazes me. But, but God, I pray that you would Lord, that you would work in each one of us. Lord, you know what, what it is that we need. And Father, I, I pray that your spirit would minister to us, Lord. And whether it's whether it's strengthening, encouraging, or convicting, Father, God, I pray that your Your spirit would have its way in our lives. We love you, Father, and we're so thankful for what you've done for us and what Christ did for us on the cross. Lord, we we'll glorify you. In all in all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.